0: Thanks very much for your welcome and the opportunity to preach God's Word. Let's begin uh, with the uh, Bible reading, the Old Testament Bible reading, from where the uh, text for our sermon is taken from. That's Proverbs 23. I'll read verses 15 to 25 for us. Um, I use the New King James Version of the Bible. but For this reading, I'll read it from your uh, usual pew Bible. So uh, it's on page 648 in your uh, church Bible. So Proverbs 23, let me read from verse 15 to 25. My son, if your heart is wise, then my heart will be glad. My inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. Do not let your heart envy sinners but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. Listen, my son, and be wise, and keep your heart on the right path. Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat, for drunkards and gluttons become poor, and drowsiness clothes them in rags. Listen to your Father who gave you life, And do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom, discipline, and understanding. The father of a righteous man has great joy. He who has a wise son delights in him. May your father and mother be glad. May she who gave you birth rejoice. Amen. That is the word of the Lord well as churches and christians uh, we concern with truth with knowing the truth with understanding the truth with uh, applying the truth to the way we we think and live uh, and also with uh, promoting and spreading the truth it, it's a primary concern that we have as the people of god so for this morning I've chosen this text uh, to preach on this particular topic, uh, the title being By the Truth." Let me read. Uh, let me read that uh, text for us in the New King James Version, which says, "Buy the truth and do not sell it. Also, wisdom and instruction and understanding." And the text sets before us a a precious commodity, truth, uh, spiritual truth in this context, and tells us that it's it's on offer to be purchased. And we are urged to buy it and not to sell it on in any way. It's precious and it's something highly to be prized. Therefore, we have to take action to obtain it and to do so by paying the cost, by paying whatever it costs to obtain it. Now, obviously, it's a it's an illustration, a, a metaphor, uh, if you like, and it's not to be taken literally in, in the sense of, of actually paying money to obtain truth. It's not talking about uh, paying a sum of money to uh, obtain a book or an encyclopedia of truth or or of paying a subscription to enable us to download a truth from some cloud service. Uh, That's not the idea here. (coughs) Excuse me. But what it does imply uh, is that a cost is involved. Some kind of cost is involved. A significant cost is involved in buying the truth. That's a clear implication of what it says. And our text sets out the importance of obtaining truth, whatever that cost may be. Now let me say also, and this is by way of introduction, let me say that the word buy uh, in our text has a, a broader meaning than just simply uh, simply purchasing something it includes the idea of uh, of owning or possessing uh, something the same word is used in other places to express this this shade of meaning uh, for example in Genesis uh, 14 uh, both in verse 19 and verse 20 it's used there and there both Melchizedek and Abraham say of God that he's the possessor of heaven and earth. He's the possessor of heaven and earth. The same word is again translated in Isaiah 1.3 as owner. Uh, the word is owner. So when we're instructed to, to buy the truth in Proverbs 23.23, 23, the idea is that we obtain it at whatever cost is required and we take possession of it. We are to take ownership of it without ever giving it up in any way. You and I must possess the truth and make it our own for life. It must be part of our makeup as humans made in in God's image and and as believers. It must be part of our day-to-day walk. It must influence the way we we think and and everything that we do, all that we say, uh, every decision we make. Truth must be evident in every aspect of our lives. So it's vital that we understand what God's word uh, requires of us from this text and what we are to do in order to obtain and own the truth in this way. So the purpose of this sermon is to to challenge and exhort each one of us to do so, to to convince us to pay the necessary price, if you like, uh, and to carry out whatever is required, To possess truth and never uh, to sell it or part with it in any way. So, I'm going to approach this task by looking at at three reasons for buying the truth. So, three reasons for buying the truth. So, let's start with the first reason. We ought to buy the truth because of who is selling it. We ought to buy the truth because of who is selling it. Well, who who is selling it? Who, Who is a vendor? Well, it's God. He is the vendor. He's the seller. Now, that that's, that's pretty obvious, but why is that important to note? Well, it's important because one of the major factors that influences whether we buy something is the reputation of the vendor. We make these kinds of choices uh, all the time, either consciously or unconsciously. We may choose to buy an item from, uh, say, Shop X because... A friend bought that that item from there, and it was really good quality. And he told us about it, so so we go and, and do the same. Or perhaps we had a a meal one day at uh, restaurant uh, restaurant Y, and the, and the food wasn't great, and the service wasn't was pretty ordinary. So we'll choose restaurant Z for our next meal out. And we tend to stay away from the shonky peddler who who's out there to to try to rip us off, to make a a quick dollar by selling something cheap and worthless, and that won't do the job. Well, the vendor in our text is the Lord God, because we are talking about biblical truth, about spiritual truth. It is the truth of the Lord. Which, for example, Psalm 117 verse 2 refers to, using the same word for truth. Psalm 117 verse 2, For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. It's his truth. We'll talk a bit more about that later in the sermon. But the Lord God is the vendor, <clears throat> and he's no shonky peddler of cheap wares. No, he, he's full of riches, and he owns all things. He's the possessor of heaven and earth, and therefore he doesn't need to, uh, he doesn't need to tr- trick us out of our money by selling something worthless. He doesn't need our money or possessions because he owns all things, but he offers truth to us for our benefit and blessings. But in this regard, we also need to consider his, his nature and character. And that in itself will give us reason enough to buy the truth, to buy his truth, because his reputation ensures we are gaining something of great value. Well, what aspects of God's nature helps us here? We need to consider that, uh, firstly, that that God is, is faithful and true to his word. He cannot lie. He, he cannot deceive. Uh, Titus 1, verse 2, tells us that in very clear terms. Let me read, Let me read Titus 1, verses 1 to 3, <clears throat> just to put it in context. Titus 1, 1 to 3, says this, Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledgement of truth which accords with godliness, in hope of eternal life which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began but has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Saviour. See, it's not that God does not lie, but cannot lie. It tells us that he cannot lie. It's impossible for him to lie because of his holy nature. And God is not a salesman who, uh, who will say anything just to make the sale. Uh, either by lying directly or or twisting the truth somehow in order to deceive. No, he's faithful, he's true, and you can be 100% sure that the commodity he's presenting to you will work perfectly, in this case, truth being the commodity. But we also need to remember that God is uh, omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. Now, what do these terms have to do with our subject uh, this morning? Let me explain. Uh, God is omnipotent, meaning he's all-powerful. God is all-powerful. Therefore, he's always able to carry out his, his plans, intentions, and purposes, and nothing can prevent him from doing so. If he declares something, then it is true. If, if he declares something is true, then it is true. Let me quote from the uh, Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, who said this of God in Daniel 4.35. He said, he does according to his will, and no one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? So even the, the pagan king, Nebuchadnezzar, recognized that God is able to do everything, and no one can restrain him. No one can thwart his plans If he declares, if the Lord declares he will do something, then it will be done. And it is truth because no one can frustrate his plans. He will always carry out his intentions and purposes. He will not declare that he'll do something and it turns out to be untrue because he can't deliver the promise. Now we can be confident that the truth being offered to us. Uh, in our text, is of uh, superior and lasting quality because God is all-powerful and will accomplish what he says he will do. God's also uh, omniscient, uh, meaning that he's all-knowing. He's all-knowing. He knows what is true, what is false. He knows what's in the very heart of man He declared that himself in in 1 Samuel 16, 7, when he said to Samuel, The Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That's 1 Samuel 16, 7. Therefore, he knows. He knows what we think. He knows what our motivations are. He knows all things. God knows all things. And he can't be uh, fooled or or tricked or deceived into believing and, and promoting something that is false. All he says is true because he knows all things. Related to that is the idea that he is omnipresent, meaning that he's present everywhere, and therefore he can see all things, past, present, and future. God says in Jeremiah 23, verse 24, he says, "'Can anyone hide himself in secret places, so I shall not see him?' says the Lord." I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord. These are rhetorical questions, indicating clearly that He is everywhere, seeing and knowing all things, and therefore He will not be deceived or, or misled into believing and promoting what is false. Further to that, <clears throat> God is loving and kind. God is loving and kind and he only gives good gifts to us. Remember what James says in James 1 verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. That's James 1 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from God. And one of those gifts is truth. So we can be absolutely certain that, that uh, the truth offered to us in Proverbs 23, verse 23, is genuine. It's of high quality because it comes from a, a vendor who is, who is holy, who, who cannot lie, who knows all things, who rules over all things, and who is good and kind. We don't need to hesitate or delay, but or to, do, to do all we can to buy the truth, to obtain and possess that truth for ourselves. But before we move on to the next uh, reason, let me also say that God is not only a vendor of the truth, he is the only vendor of the truth. He is the only vendor of the truth. He alone has the truth, and he alone is the source of truth. Truth has no other source, and therefore we must buy from him. Now, truth is presented to us in many intermediate or through many intermediate agents, I should say, such as a preacher, such as uh, through a Bible study or or a Sunday school teacher or parents teaching their children or or a book that promotes the truth, promotes Bible teaching. These are valid ways to receive the truth. But what I'm saying here is that that the source of truth, the source of truth, is God alone. What did Jesus say of himself in John 14, 6? John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, is himself the truth, and he is the only way. Uh, to God, the Father, well there are many who want to present their version of truth consisting of all kinds of of ideas of uh, of atheism of of the teaching of other religions of all kinds of philosophies and ideas, and insofar as they contradict god's truth, we are to reject them insofar as they contradict god's truth, some of them contain elements of truth, but insofar as they contradict God's truth we are to reject them we are to reject all of them and buy the truth that comes from God the only source of truth all other so-called truth must be rejected so firstly here we ought to buy the truth because God is the vendor he is the seller but secondly we ought to buy the truth because because of what it is because of what it is what the truth is it is truth It is God's truth. We've already said that, and there's some overlap with the previous point, but let me uh, repeat uh, some of it nonetheless and develop it a little further. God is not only the vendor, the seller of truth, he also owns it. It is his truth. He's not importing it from some some other place, from elsewhere, and selling it off, uh, selling it off to us to make a profit. It is his truth, He's the source of it, and therefore it is uh, precious and and highly valuable. In John 17, verse 17, Jesus says this during his, uh, what's called his high priestly prayer to God the Father. He says, uh, John 17, 17, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth, he says to his Father. God's word is truth. It is God's word and therefore it is precious. Now First Peter chapter 1, uh, verses 22 to 25 is very helpful in relation to this point. <clears throat> Let me read that and uh, make some comments on it before we move on. First Peter chapter 1 uh, verses 20 to 25, says this. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again not of corruptible seed but incorruptible through the word of God which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord. Endures forever. Now, this is a word which by the gospel was preached to you. There are a couple of things that uh, we can draw out for comment from these uh, verses for our purposes this morning. Firstly, the truth is equated with the word of God and with the gospel. It was the means by which they purified their souls, according to verse 22, and were born again according to verse 23. Therefore, truth is precious because it's the way of salvation. Truth is precious because it's a way of salvation which cleanses us from from our sins. But secondly, from verse 23, we're told that truth is incorruptible. Uh, In other words, it doesn't decay. It doesn't perish in any way, but is everlasting verse twenty five states it plainly that truth endures forever it is everlasting and will not lose its value therefore therefore it's worth obtaining at any price whatever that cost may be. based on this alone there is every justifiable reason for our text in, in proverbs twenty three to urge us to buy the truth. it's not telling us something that's unreasonable. There's a good reason for what it says. Truth is the objective truth of God as he has revealed it to us. It's not the, the truth of, of the world, the so-called truth that is so uh, flexible and subjective uh, and, and it means whatever people decide it means for them. That's not what truth is. That kind of truth is, is meaningless and it's worthless. That kind of truth is corruptible. It is corruptible and it will decay and perish in time just as uh, many other so-called truths have perished over time. The truth of the world has no value and therefore it's not worth buying. It's not worth buying. But the truth of God is precious and worth paying all that we have in order to obtain it. But I want to look at something further in our text because it seems to suggest that there are other items that we need to buy. It says, Buy the truth and do not sell it. Also, wisdom and instruction and understanding. And the translation in the New King James Version, uh, which is what I'm using, as I said earlier, seems to suggest that in addition to truth... We are also to buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. I think that's an unfortunate uh, translation because wisdom, uh, under, uh, wisdom, instruction, and understanding are not additional items to be bought. Rather, they they add further meaning to the idea of truth. They clarify what it means. Um, the translation in the New King James is unfortunate because it adds the word. Uh, also, which is not in the original, uh, the the word also implies you need to buy further items. And um, the uh, translations, like the ESV, is better with its more literal translation of uh, of this text. Let me read what the ESV says. It says, "Buy truth and do not sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding." I think the NIV sa- says something. Uh, similar. But wisdom, instruction and understanding add further meaning to the term truth. Now to explain uh, to use an illustration to explain it uh, explain what I mean. It's like being sent to the grocery store with the instruction go buy food, buy meat, vegetable and fruit. And the instruction is not uh, not to buy food say from Uh, from Woolies and then go to the butcher to buy meat and then go to the fruit and veggie shop. No, that's not the idea. Instruction is to buy food and the specific specific food required is meat, vegetable and fruit. Well, the meaning of our text is that we are to buy truth and that truth consists of uh, or, or includes... Uh, wisdom, instruction, and understanding. May include other things, but includes wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Now, we don't have time to go uh, too deeply into the meaning of all these words, but let me describe uh, each one uh, for us. Wisdom refers to the skill of using knowledge and information, it's to make good decisions based on the knowledge that we have. So truth includes the gaining of the skill of using wisdom. So it's not just wisdom, it's a skill of using wisdom. Instruction in our text refers to a correction or chastisement of someone who's going astray. Uh, he is corrected uh, by being instructed or rebuked to turn him away from wrongdoing. So truth includes being corrected. Understanding means to comprehend the meaning of something. So, so truth includes the idea of, of intellectually understanding the, uh, the, the world around us, understanding ourselves, understanding God as He's revealed Himself to us. So, truth includes all these aspects. And when we're urged to buy the truth, this is what comes with a purchase. When, when you purchase the truth, this is what comes with the purchase. When you buy a car, it comes with, with an engine and wheels and brakes and so on. When you buy truth, it comes with the skill of using knowledge and making good decisions. It comes with correction to keep you on the, on the straight path. And it comes with the intellectual understanding of many things, especially spiritual things. So can you see why truth is so precious and why we urge to buy it? Can you see why we urge to buy it and not sell it? Buy the truth and do not sell it. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. It's not a commodity to be bought and then sold to make us a profit. Now, you do that in business, don't you? But not with spiritual truth. It's not to be sold. The word for sell in our text, the word for sell means to surrender. And the implication from the text is that there are those who who sell the truth, who surrender the truth. Having bought it, they surrender it. There are those who come to, uh, to some kind of knowledge of a truth, who, who buy the truth in some way, but who do not truly own or possess it, and they surrender it. Perhaps they do so because... Holding on to the truth becomes too costly. Perhaps they face uh, opposition or persecution. Or they just don't want to pay the price because they don't want to give up certain things which the Christian life demands of us. Or perhaps they grow to love the things of this world uh, more than the truth. So Demas Was uh, Demas in the New Testament was of this sort and and Paul said of him in 2 Timothy 4 chapter uh, sorry, chapter 4 verses 9 to 10 2 Timothy 4, 9 to 10 uh, Paul said Be diligent to come to me quickly for Demas has forsaken me having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica Crescens for Galatia Titus for Dalmatia See, having Having bought the truth, Demas surrendered it, as demonstrated here in, this, in his abandonment of his work with Paul and, and his, his turning to the world because of his love of it. We mustn't think that it can't happen to us because you know, we're too spiritual and it can't happen to me. Demas, Demas was actually commended by Paul earlier in his ministry, but he sold the truth. Because he grew in love with this world and he surrendered it. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Do not surrender it. It's too precious. Then there are those who who buy the truth in the first place. Sorry. There are those who, who do not buy the truth in the first place because they're not willing to pay the price. There are those who do not buy the truth because they are not willing to pay the price. And the rich young ruler, uh, whom Jesus uh, confronted of his sort, as described in uh, Mark 10, uh, verses 21 to 22, he was confronted with the need to buy the truth by giving up his riches to follow Christ. What did he do? Let me read those uh, two verses for us. Mark 10, 21 to 22. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. The rich young ruler didn't recognize the value of the truth of the gospel and he refused to pay the price. He refused to pay the price to buy it. In this case, it was giving up his possessions. That's not the case. Uh, that's, not, uh, that's not true in every case. Uh, we may not be uh, required to give up possessions. In fact, most of the time we're not. But in his case, in the case of rich young ruler, he was required to give up his possessions. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't pay the price. To buy the truth. And unless he repented later on and, and did pay the price, he perished for all eternity. We're not to be like the uh, rich young ruler. We're not to be like Demas. We are to be like the merchant or the businessman, uh, if you like, of Matthew 13, 45 to 46, which Jesus, Jesus described in these words Matthew 30, 13, 45 to 46. Jesus said, again, the kingdom of God is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. See, this merchant recognized the value of truth, in this case represented by a pearl of great price. He recognized the value of truth and he sold all he had to obtain it. And you can be sure He didn't sell it on, but prized it and kept it. And this is what each of us needs to do with the truth. The bottom line of this is that we need truth. Truth is precious. It is God's truth. It is the only truth. And we are to buy it at any cost, just as that merchant sold all he had in order to do so. All right, so now we've seen that we ought to buy the truth because, firstly, God is the vendor. Secondly, because of what it is, uh, the precious truth of God that endures forever. And thirdly, we ought to buy the truth because of what it brings, because of what it brings. Again, there's some overlap with the uh, previous point here, but let's develop the ideas a little further here. What, What does truth bring? What benefits and blessings do we gain gain by paying a high high cost to purchase and own the truth? Well, there are many blessings that we can consider under this point uh, this morning, but we'll look at two areas, two specific areas. And Firstly, uh, truth brings salvation. Truth brings salvation. This is the most obvious and most beneficial blessing because... If we don't have eternal life, if we don't have salvation and our sins are not forgiven then nothing else matters. nothing else matters. listen to what Jesus said about this issue in uh, John chapter 8 verses 31 to 36. Uh, this is uh, G- Jesus speaking to the Jews uh, John 8:31 to36. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but abides. But a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Jesus, who is uh, the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to the Father, said, these, said to these Jews, If you know the truth, if you buy the truth, then it shall set you free. Free from what? Well, free from bondage to sin. Free from bondage to sin. Every person born in this world is a slave to sin until he or she believes the gospel, until he or she believes the truth. And through repentance from sin and faith in Christ, the sinner is released from that bondage and becomes a a child of God, subject to God's uh, kind and loving rule. The truth, uh, believing the truth, Buying the truth brings salvation. It's the only means of salvation, the only deliverance from sin, the only thing needful for each and every one of us, that we may know the blessings of sins forgiven. If you haven't believed and bought the truth by believing the gospel, you need to carefully consider and act on this plea. You need to buy the truth. You need to uh, pay the cost of putting away such things as your self-righteousness or your love for the things of this world or your desire for things that are sinful. And you need to buy the truth. You need to repent of your sins and exercise faith in Christ. That's how you initially buy the truth. And really, this is what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 to 17. 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 to 17, says this, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learnt them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, the Scriptures, uh, Paul told Timothy, make you wise for salvation. In other words, the truth and buying the truth brings salvation to you as a sinner. But he continued to say in verse 16 that the same truth is useful for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And this leads us to the second area of uh, benefits and blessings that truth brings. So truth brings salvation, but it also brings sanctification. Truth brings sanctification. In other words, it provides growth in the Christian life. And without it, there is no growth or maturity or any kind of Christian development. Paul said to Timothy that the scriptures, that truth, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. For what purpose? Verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. In other words, buying the truth equips us to live the Christian life, enabling us to take on the challenges of living in this world, of turning away from, from temptation and sin, uh, being corrected when, when we do fall into sin, renewing our minds with truth, guarding our hearts against error and teaching us how to live godly in Christ. Truth does that for us. That's captured in our text in Proverbs 23, which we've already mentioned in terms of what binds the truth uh, brings It brings us wisdom, instruction, and understanding. These things come when we purchase the truth, when we own it and possess it as we ought. And this is what Jesus meant in his prayer in John 17 when he spoke these words that we read early in Gen- John 17, verse 17. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Truth sanctifies us. It cleanses, us of, it cleanses us of sin and enables us to live godly in Christ as we obey and implement more truth in our lives, as we buy and own and, and imbibe the truth, as we make it our own possession, and as it becomes part of our lives more and more. We become more godly, more holy, and we will be more pleasing to our Lord and safeguard ourselves from selling or surrendering the truth. Well, de- these are our three reasons for buying the truth: that God is a vendor, that it is a precious truth of God that endures forever, that it brings immense uh, blessings. But let's look at how this applies uh, to us, and I want to spend a few minutes on this before we we conclude. Uh, just, uh, just. Uh, We'll just spend a few minutes, uh, although there are many, many practical implications from this teaching. But let me let me start with a question and an illustration. How will you buy the truth? How will I buy the truth? Uh, it's not a matter of buying a book and leaving it on your shelf. There, I have the truth. That's not what the command is about. If you're sick, you you, you won't want to see a doctor who has... Uh, merely bought a medical book and has left it on, on his shelf. Or you don't, want, you don't even want a doctor who has bought his qualifications from a university, no matter how reputable that university is. You don't want a doctor who has uh, paid, you know, let's say, $10 million to a, a good university and who now has a degree displayed in his office. Uh, Dr. So-and-so graduated with honors from University X. Uh, That won't do. The person, that kind of person, is not a real doctor and is highly unlikely to know what to do with your illness. Uh, Unless it's something straightforward, he may end up doing you more harm by his treatment. You don't want a doctor who simply uh, bought bought his qualification with uh, with money. Nor do you want a doctor who has, and, and this may relate to many of us in our Christian lives, you don't want a doctor who has simply sat in lectures for uh, five, six, seven years and, and merely listened to what has been taught without paying the cost to, to buy medical truth. He hasn't studied hard, he hasn't passed exams. He hasn't implemented the medical truth in real life on a patient, perhaps initially under the supervision of an experienced doctor, but later on his own. He has simply sat in lectures. He's gained a lot of head knowledge, which he probably soon forgets because you do forget much of what you don't hear if you don't apply it. But he's simply filled his head with medical truth, but it's all academic. He hasn't owned the truth he doesn't possess medical truth as his own. It's not part of the way he conducts himself. It doesn't come as second nature to him uh, to respond correctly when he ent- encounters a particular illness. He's simply taken on head knowledge and he hasn't made it his own possession. Well, we are to own the truth by buying it, by paying it necessary cost for it and it's not enough to merely hear it being taught and certainly not uh, merely once or twice for an hour each week we are to be diligent students of the truth and to diligently apply it in our lives we are to read it for ourselves and to meditate upon it that it may be absorbed in our thinking We are to discuss it amongst ourselves, in our families, amongst our friends, amongst our fellow believers, that it may do us good, that we may possess and own it more and more. Attending a church service once or twice a week and spending perhaps five minutes a day reading it is not going to do it. We are not going to own truth for ourselves by that kind of light commitment to learning it. It's such a vitally important thing that we must not ignore the instruction in Proverbs 23, 23. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Also wisdom, instruction, and understanding. And if we haven't paid the the price to purchase the truth, then it's likely that we do not appreciate it. We may not appreciate its value and may easily sell it off if we're not careful. There's a real hazard that some of you may be uh, faced with, I don't know most of you, but this may be a real hazard for some of you, if you grow up in a Christian home. Uh, It's something you need to be aware of. Growing up in a Christian home, in a Christian environment, uh, is is a real blessing in many ways. But it may also mean that you've received truth on a platter. And you grow up in a Christian home, in a faithful church, and you received good biblical teaching, both at home and at church. And it seems that truth has cost you very little to believe and implement in your lives up to now. You haven't had to uh, struggle with it and, and, and argue for the truth and, and even be maligned for believing it. It seems that you haven't had to give up much to do so. Now, that may not be true of you, But if it is, then the risk is that you don't value the truth as you ought. It came easily, and it's easily surrendered or discarded. You need to be careful. You need to be careful. Watch your hearts and minds. Owning the truth requires diligent effort on our part. It means seeking to develop our understanding of God's word for ourselves and not merely depending on others to feed us. Be diligent, be zealous, be hardworking that you may benefit from owning the truth for yourself and, and seeing its great value that you may benefit yourself and also be of benefit to others. Learn to love and own the truth for yourself. Make it an intimate part of all your thinking behavior that you may truly possess it. Otherwise, you may surrender it and end up like Demas who loved this present world and gave up the faith which he once possessed. Some of you here may not have bought the truth at all. Perhaps the value and the worth of truth have been presented to you time and again, but you're not willing to pay the cost. You've heard the gospel time and again, but you're not willing to give up your your lifestyle, uh, perhaps your love for specific sins, in order to buy the truth. The cost is too high for you. Well, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? Are the things of this life worth turning away from the precious truth and not buying it? Jesus asked a very pertinent question in Matthew 16. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? And we're told this, uh, Matthew 16, 24 to 26. We're told, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? See, there is a cost involved in following Christ, but the cost is so small compared to what you risk losing if you don't pay it, you risk losing your soul. In other words, you, you risk ending up eternally damned. Is that worth is that worth paying for your lifestyle that prevents you from repenting and believing on Christ? Well, may the Lord help each of us to have a, a, a passionate hunger and thirst for spiritual truth which will lead us to saving knowledge of Christ by believing the gospel and then to a life of obedience to God according to his word. Amen.